For just a few moments, I'd like to talk to you about these fields that are white already unto harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Sometimes when we hear people uh, speak to us in great holy convocations like this, you could go away with the idea that there's very little right in the church and the people in the church are wrong for a variety of reasons. Are there problems in the Lord's church? Of course there are. And those problems need to be dealt with. You know, as long as the church is made up of people, there are going to be problems that need to be dealt with from time to time. But I don't think all is bleak and dark about the Lord's church. You know, in the book of Revelation, there is one letter to a faithful church, and it says in chapter 3 and verse 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have, denied, have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In the book of Ephesians, in the fifth chapter, Paul counsels this way. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might preserve her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. We need to be careful how we talk about the Lord's church. And we need to learn to love it like he does, and we need to sound like it. But I want to see for just a few moments if we can put a positive spin on church growth in my lifetime. I turned 70 this year. Paul Nichols turned 100 in September. In 1952, I was born, and Paul Nichols, at the age of 30, went to Malawi and established the first church established by our brotherhood outside of the borders of the United States. 
Today, in that same little country of Malawi, we have about 4,000 churches. That's not a typo. In Mozambique, the neighboring country, I'm told we have about 2,000 churches. Around the world, in about 40 countries, I would guess that we have about another 1,000 churches. Our people have been able to establish about 7,000 churches in the last 70 years. That's equivalent, listen now, that's equivalent to establishing 100 churches a year, which is equivalent to establishing a church faithful to the Lord's word every 3.6 days for 70 years. So the Lord has blessed us greatly and we need to recognize that. The church is doing some things right and from time to time we need to talk about those things. Now I don't want anyone to misunderstand. I'm not saying that we should no longer evangelize in America. I don't believe that I think we should. But I do think that many places in America are basically a gleaning field. And when we have opportunities, we should capitalize on them. But fields widened to harvest are oftentimes found in third world countries. So what do we need to capitalize on this situation? Well, basically we need two things. We need churches with leaders who are willing to seize upon the day and select qualified men and raise the money and oversee these new works. Like this church right here at 21st Street has done since 1964-ish. And like other churches in our brotherhood have done for some time. If the gospel is going to continue to be preached to the world, if we're going to continue to be successful with the opportunities that God has blessed us with, the American churches are going to need to be the ones who finance the work. We're the ones with the money. We're the ones who are in the top 10% of the wealth of world population. And we can do that. And we have done that. And congregations are to be blessed who have seized those opportunities. We also need preachers who prepare themselves to go and preach the gospel in these countries. And we do need men to be trained to do that. It's not a matter of just having a few sermons under your belt and being able to go to one of these countries and be successful in preaching the gospel. We need men who know the word of God. We need churches who will see that our men who are interested in this know the word of God. Every single issue that comes up here in our churches, 
comes up in foreign churches. Sometimes the veneer of civilization is pulled off of the top of it and it's a little more earthy kind of expression, but it's the same problem. We need people who know the word of God. And we need for congregations to insist on the men that they send be men who have studied the word. We need young men to travel with those of us who are older, as is being done often, so that they can receive the training that they need. We need young men who have solid, stable marriages and families. Taking your country, your family to a foreign country to try to get your family problems sorted out is not helpful to the church there and it's not helpful to your family either. We need men who can be alone. Oftentimes in these countries there are very few people who speak your language and oftentimes there is no one with the same socioeconomic educational level that you were on. Sometimes you have a companion preacher from America to work with. Most of the time you do not. We need people who can work, preach the gospel, be faithful to the truth, train others to do that as well, who can be alone. We need men who have their finances in control, who have learned how to manage their money, who have learned how to live on what they get, because the money supply and foreign work is not unlimited any more than it is here. But we can do this. We have a number of young preachers among us. In fact, you know, old men always worry about passing along the work of the church to younger men. I suppose they always do. Paul certainly worried about that when he was handing things over to Timothy. And those of us who are old men now, we worry about that and pray about that and hope about that. But right now I can say this, for myself at least, I am more confident in the young preachers that we have than I have been in quite a while. We have a number of young men who are excellent Bible students. Some of them are here. And they are wonderful Bible students. They have great attitudes. They are preparing themselves. And we need churches and to send them. We need other young men to do what they can because those fields are wide unto harvest. Just a couple of cautionary notes about foreign work. These are my opinion, but I think you will find that they are important. Spinning the globe blindfolded and putting your finger down to stop it is not the way to find a new mission field. Now, of course, I know no one does that literally, but that virtually happens sometimes. That is not the way it works. We need to develop leads in these foreign countries, and we have more opportunities to do that than ever before. All you guys are far more technologically capable than I would ever dream to be, and we can develop concrete leads in these countries 
and then make wise decisions about when we have enough time and enough opportunity to go there and preach the gospel. The other thing I would like to say that's a cautionary warning is there's a reason that Germany and Hitler were not able to take St. Petersburg in World War II. The reason is if you get your army too far out in front of your supply line and you cannot supply your army, it will starve to death and it will not be able to fight the battle. If we get leads that are too scattered and too far out around the world and we try to follow every one of those leads, we don't have enough men to go there. It takes men to preach the gospel. That's the Bible design. Now we need to develop leads, but we need to be careful that we do not outstrip our supply lines. These are some thoughts about mission work, and I hope they are helpful, and I hope you think they are positive, because I think the Lord has blessed us tremendously in the last 70 years to preach the gospel throughout the world. There are many men in this audience who have been who have traveled to foreign countries all over the globe and there are churches represented here who have sent those men we need to continue to do that and we need to recognize that as a great opportunity for the lord's church those fields are widened to harvest and we need to do all that we can to capitalize on the opportunities we have. Speaking about that, if you're not a member of the body of Christ, and if you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ upon your faith in him and your remission of sins and your willingness to confess that faith, you may be a very good person but you're not a member of the Lord's church and you're not saved. In order to be saved, people need to obey the gospel. They need to believe in Jesus Christ with all of their heart. They need to believe enough to repent of their sins. They need to believe enough to confess their faith in Jesus saying, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they need to be immersed in water for the remission of sins. For that is the point of salvation. We must never forget that. The point of salvation is when people are baptized into Jesus Christ. One of the great blessings of Christianity is that after you have been baptized into Jesus, if you should fall away, if you should become entangled in sin again, the Lord is still gracious, he still loves you, and he's willing to forgive you again, even again and again. And he has made that clear in his word. If you will repent of your sin and confess it and ask God, he will forgive you. So if we can assist you tonight in becoming a Christian or if you need to return to the faith, 
We bid you come forward while we stand and while we sing.